Wow, thank you, church. Thank you, church. So good to be with you here today. Uh, good to be tuning in online today as well. Uh, those who are tuning in at Halifax. Man, it's good to be back at King's Church St. John. You guys are awesome. Yeah. I want to send some greetings to you from Halifax. And believe it or not, I came this week. I didn't come alone. I brought 20 of my launch team members. They're here today. So can you give them a, a round of applause? We are, I think, it, I think today, I think we're 22 days away from launch. 22 days away. It's real church. It's happening. And God is on the move. And it's exciting times to be part of King's Church. I believe God is doing something special amongst us and in our region. We're starting to see this all across the Maritimes. And God is true to his word. Amen. And so we're seeing God put things together, and he told us to take a step forward and just to trust him with the provision, and God is doing exactly what he's, he said he would do on our behalf. And so it's such a great season to be, with, uh, be in. I want to jump in. I want to jump in. If you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible today, that's okay. Uh, if you forgot one or you just don't have one, would you just slip a hand up? Someone with a red shirt has a Bible for you. Uh, they're going to give it to you, and when they give it to you, realize something. This is not a borrowed Bible. You're not going to take it and use it for the service and give it back. Take it home with you. Start to use it. But when you get it in your hand, would you join, join me and join the rest of us as we open to Genesis chapter 12? It's an easy place to find uh, the scripture today. It's right at the beginning. But Genesis chapter 12, and I want to start in verse 1. This is a very familiar passage. It's also a very important uh, passage when we talk about the context of being on a mission. How many of you know that mission doesn't begin on October 15th? It doesn't start on October 15th for us because mission actually starts in the heart of God. So mission has always been on God's heart and God is always wanting his people to be on mission. And in Genesis chapter 12, it's the first place in, in the entire scriptures where God actually calls his people to be, to be moving outward, to be on mission, to be a movement of God. And so I want to start there today and uh, I want to read with you. You'll know this passage pretty well, but Genesis chapter 12, if you don't have a Bible and you still don't have a Bible, the scripture will be just below me uh, on the screen, but th let's, let's look at it together. This is what it says. It says, the Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. In other words, Abram, it's moving day. Get your stuff, get your, get your wife, get your children, get your pets. You're moving on. I'm sending you to a new land. And here's why. In verse 2, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse you. Church, this next statement, if you want to know why God is calling his people and pushing his people forward on a mission, here's the reason why. Look at, at the tail end of verse 3. It says this, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's why we're doing what we're doing, to be a blessing to this region. And God wants to use us to bless our, 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 our city, our, 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 our region, Halifax, Charlottetown Sunday, St. John's, Newfoundland. That's why we're on a mission, to bless this region. But the question I want to ask for us today is this. On moving day, what do you take with you? 
on moving day, what do you take with you? Are there tools? Are there handles? What sorts of things that, that you need as we move out on mission together, as we move on purpose, as Pastor Brent has said, as we move on purpose, what do we need to take with us? And so for, the, for just a few minutes that we have today, I want to give you the things that you need to take with you to not only start you on a mission, but to get you to stay on a mission, okay? Because there's a difference between starting, I don't want us to start out and then all of a sudden fizzle out. So how do you sustain mission? How do you stay on mission? And so the title of my message today is, is this, pack your bags, pack your bags. All right, take a, take a second, turn to your neighbors and say, pack your bags and you can take a seat. I got to level with everybody. Um, I'm asking you to pack your bags and I'll be honest, I am not good at packing. I'm just not a good packer. Uh, one of the reasons I'm not good at packing is because I'm very forgetful of things. Anybody with me on that? You ever just, you know, you pack your bags up, you go on a trip and you get there, you open your bag and you're like, oh my goodness, I forgot all my underwear, right? I mean, you, you have those moments, you're very forgetful. And ever since I was a little kid, I've always been forgetful. We'd go on trips and my dad would say, hey, Seth, pack your bags. And so I would pack my bags and we'd go to camp for a week or we'd go on vacation for a week. And without fail, every single time, We'd get there and I'd have like all my Scooby-Doo underwear. I'd have all my action figures, like one shirt and no pants, right? I mean, I'm just, I, I, I'm not a good packer because I forget things. And when we pack, sometimes we do. We forget essential things. Another reason I'm not good at packing, I really don't like packing, is I find it highly stressful. And anyone else with me on that? Like you find it stressful to pack as you, as you get ready to go certain places. Um, I, I, love, I, I love these two, two ladies. I, I live with girls, by the way, uh, but it stresses me out every time we go on a trip. Like I got a two and a half year old. Some of you are parents here and you know that, you know, when, when they're that age, if you're going uh, somewhere overnight or a week, like you're packing the same stuff, or I mean, you've got your pack and play, you got all your stuff. I mean, it's just, it stresses me out. And my wife, my wife, um, God love her. She, she, she doesn't do well packing and it stresses me out. It, like it's the only time I'll walk in the room as we're getting ready for a trip and she's got her wardrobe everywhere. Like every, every, like there's shirts over here. There's pants over here. There's like jackets over here. And then there's boots. Ladies, what's up with the boots? I mean, there's high boots, there's low boots, there's rain boots, there's slipper boots and there's fall boots. Yeah. Some of you are like, Ooh, fall boots. Yeah. I got to get those out. <laughs> And I'll go in there and every time she's sitting there and her stuff is everywhere and there's an open suitcase and I'm saying, dear, is everything okay? She goes, I don't know what to pack. I'm like, well, start with these things. They don't match. I need new clothes. Anyone to test with me here? Stressful, you know? Um, But one thing that I know to be true, like it's important to pack well. Because like the reason why it's so important to pack well is because the journey means something. You know what I mean? Like mission means something. And so like, if you're going to prepare well, you've got to prepare well, if you're going to go well, does that make sense? Like you've got to be able to prepare well, because if you don't prepare well, it has the potential to alter everything. It has the potential to alter the outcome if you don't prepare well. It certainly has the potential to alter the mood of where you're going. I, I can't, you know, take it from me. My wife loves it. When we get on vacation, I say, I forgot my deodorant again. You know, it alters the mood. It also alters longevity. One of the worst things you hear people say is you see them come home from vacation and they say, we had to come home early. 
Why? Because what, what we, didn't, we didn't prepare for the trip very well. And church, as we start on mission, I really, really want us to prepare well. I want us to be prepared and ready to go. Because one of the things, whether you know it or not, or whether you acknowledge it or not, every single one of us has been tasked to be on a mission. One of the things we've said in this series is that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a missionary. And for some of you, when we say on a mission, that means that you're on a mission that is going to take you out from someplace. That's the call that God has to Abraham. I'm asking you to pack your bags and I want you to go somewhere. I'm sending you out to another land. It's, it's the sort of mission that God has spoken to my wife and my family about. I want you to go out. I want you to go to a new city. I want you to go to Halifax. Some of you have been praying and asking God about where God is wanting to, to move you intentionally in this season. And for some of you, that, that, that call is to move out. It's to move to another campus. East side, west side, even Halifax. Hey, if anyone wants to move to Halifax, we'll we'll have you. It's awesome, right? So for some of you, on a mission means moving out. But notice something, mission also means moving in. So if you're not moving out, you're moving in. And what that means is that maybe God wants you to be very intentional right where you are. For some of you, your greatest mission field will be your, your, your office. It'll be... It'll be your neighborhood. And so whether you're an out person or you're an in person, we are all people on a mission. But what is yet to be determined is are we going to be sustained on mission? What's going to keep us motivated on mission? And what I'd like to do for the few minutes that I have with us is I want to I tell you some things that you need to pack with you in order to be sustained on mission. When moving day comes, what do you take with you? And, and I promise you today, um, this isn't going to be stressful. Uh, we're not taking our whole wardrobe. There's just three things I want to give you today. But what I'd like us to do, can we pack our bags together today as we prepare ourselves to get ready to go on mission? And, and before we jump in, let me just say something. I don't actually have backpacks prepared for you. I'm not going to be at the door handing them out as you go. I want you to look at the backpack, uh, the backpack as your soul. What are the things that you not only carry with you, but you carry within you? What's going to sustain you from the inside out? And so let's pack our bags together today. Here's the first thing that you need to pack your bags with. If you're going to sustain, if you're going to stay on mission, here's the first thing. Pack your bags with habits. You got to pack your bag with habits. Let's just pack our bag right now with some habits there. Not just any habit. You got to pack your bag with mission, mission habits. And I'm going to talk about a few of those in just a second, but I cannot let, I cannot let this, uh, let this go. Uh, We cannot underestimate the power and the importance of habits in our life, because whether you acknowledge it or not, today is going to be lived out based upon your habits. Whether they're good habits, whether they're bad habits, it doesn't matter if they're good or they're bad. Today will be a result because of of the habits that you have built up in your life. The, the, The old saying is true. We are all creatures of habit, right? The reason you're in shape or out of shape based on your habits. The reason you're successful or unsuccessful in life will be based upon your habits. 
Even, even as you grow in your relationship with God, a couple of weeks ago, as we finished the Grow series uh, and Pastor, Pastor Greg came up here, what, is, what was he sharing with us? He's saying, hey, here are some habits. If you're going to grow or not grow in Jesus, in Jesus or in your relationship with God, it will be a result of your habits. In fact, the Apostle Paul uh, is very, very open about the importance of habits. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And this is what he says. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Verse 26, listen to the statement. So I run with purpose. I run with intention. I run on, I, I run with, 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 with a plan in place. I have habits in my life so that I will run well. So there are patterns that we find all through the scriptures. God is all for patterns. He's all for habits. Do you realize that when God created the heavens and the earth in week one, he created the world to have its own habits. The sun rose this morning, did it not? In the east, and it's going to set in the west. God established patterns early on for our humanity so that we would be successful, so that we would flourish, so that we would thrive. He would say, hey, I want you to work six days of the week, but I also, on the seventh day, I want you to rest. Make it a habit. There are patterns all through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, even with worship. Do you notice that God is very specific about how he wants his people to worship? There are patterns to worship. There are patterns to grow. Did you know there are also patterns and habits for mission? And why is this so important? Here's what I believe. If we don't establish habits around mission in this season, it's just not going to happen. Just the way, like, if you don't establish habits in your life to grow in grace and to grow in your relationship with God, it's just not going to happen. And what we discover is there's actual habits for mission right here in the scriptures. And actually, they're so important to God that even Jesus is the one that has to come and deliver them to us. And we find them actually in Luke chapter 10. And I want to take a moment and just want to read down through these. And I, want to, I just want to see if you can pick out some habits of what Jesus is saying. And in this scene, Jesus is with his disciples and he's with 72 other followers. And he's kind of gathering them together. He's getting them ready to go on a mission. He's getting them to go into uh, a place called Samaria. And he's giving them some instruction. And, he, and, and what you find is in the instructions that he gives are habits. And so I just want to read down through these. Uh, this is starting in verse 2. This is Luke chapter 10, verse 2. And this is what Jesus says. He says, he told them, another version says, he instructed them. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest or pray to the Lord of the harvest, another translation says. Therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If, some, if someone promotes peace that is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. 
Do not move around from house to house. Now, do, do you see that instruction that Jesus gives his disciples as he, before he sends them out on mission? Do you notice that there are certain things that Jesus is saying, this is what you need to do. Here are some habits that you need to have as you go on mission. Did anyone catch the first one? What does Jesus say? He says, before you go, understand something. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So I want you to what? Pray. Make it a habit to pray as you go on mission. Then he says, hey, when you get to a house, go into the house. If you're accepted, then speak peace. Speak life. Make a habit of speaking life everywhere you go. He says, travel light. I don't even want, I don't even actually want you to take a bag. You're, you're just going to travel light. Make a habit of going light. Look for people of peace. These are all habits that Jesus is saying. Hey, when you go on mission, you need to establish these in your life. If you're going to see, if you're going to see God move, establish these habits in your life. And I wish we had time to look at all of these because I mean, each one deserves their own sermon, but I just want to highlight one habit that you and I can do right now. And it's the habit of showing up. We actually find this in verse three. Jesus says, okay, pray. I want you to pray, but look at verse three. He says, go now. I'm sending you. He says, I am sending you. Yeah, yes, I, I want you to pray. Make it a habit to pray, but, but I'm also wanting you to go. I want you to show up. I am sending you. Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm going to send a text message ahead. Or I'm going to send a letter ahead. Or I'm going to send well wishes ahead. And those are all really, really good things. But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I am sending you. Why is that important? Because in the kingdom of God, church, your presence in essence is important. Your presence in essence matters. Now, why does it matter? Because mission is to be embodied. Let me say it this way. Mission isn't really mission until someone shows up. Your presence and your essence matter. And it matters to God because it, l l let me say it like this. If presence in essence didn't matter to God, then he wouldn't feel the need to send Jesus to us. He could have said, you know what? Um, you know, the world's lost and they're in sin and they're in darkness. So I'll send a letter or, or I'll send, or I'll send a sign. No, but, G but G God, the father says, no presence in essence matters so much that I'm going to actually send my own son. He is going to show up on planet earth. And, and, and do you know the hope of the Old Testament was not that God would send another word to the people, is that, they were, that God was actually going to send someone to show up. And so one of the habits you and I can take on right now is make a habit to show up. This is why it's so important that you show up to church or show up to East Campus, or show up to West Campus, or show up to Halifax. You know why? Because people, your friends, your family, the people in your scope of influence aren't gonna come to church because I'm here. That'd be cool. But they're gonna come because you're here. Because you show up and you make a habit of showing up. And let me, let me share something with you. It's amazing what happens when you show up. Now, for the last few months, I haven't had a... King's Church to show up to. I've been showing up online and hosting online campus for us as a, as a, as a, as a church. 
But, you know, I've had to find places in Halifax to show up. You know, we're, we're launching October 15th. So I'll have a place to show up then, and I hope lots of people will show up that day too. But I've, I, I've found different places. I've been very intentional about just showing up in certain places and making a habit, being a regular at, at different places. And one of those places is a coffee house that I absolutely love. It's called Cortado Tasting Room. And Cortado is where we had our first interest night. We had 50 people out. Um, I, I meet people there all the time. Sometimes I do work there. Even this past week, I was, I was actually writing this sermon uh, at Cortado. And it's amazing what happens when you just become a regular somewhere, when you just show up. People know me. They know me by name. Uh, I have people now, workers come up and they know what I'm doing. They know King's Church. They know the vision. They know our heartbeat. And they encourage me. It's amazing what happens when you show up. Uh, just this past uh, Tuesday, eight o'clock in the morning, I was, I was gonna meet someone for coffee there and just, just hang out. And I was sitting there, I got there early about 7.45 and I just kind of sitting there drinking my coffee. And this guy sitting next to me, like I can see him to the right of me, just kind of looking at me. You know how some, you just feel someone staring at you? And he's looking at me and then finally he speaks up and he goes, are you Seth? And I'm like, yeah. Like, he goes, my friend told me I'd, I'd find you here. And I said, oh, really? Okay, that's, that's weird. Like, you know, like, I go, how did you know it was me? And he said, my friend said, look for the guy with the big smile and wacky hair. I'm like, hair? Come on. I'm like, but you know what was cool is that this gentleman is a teacher in the venue that we're going to launch. And he said, I know what you're doing. And I just want to ask you and tell you that I want more in my life. And so I began to share the vision of our church, but even greater, I got to encourage him with the gospel and just speak into him. Remember, because one of the habits is to speak life into people everywhere you go. Speak peace into people. And I spoke, I remember speaking to him and he got up and left and he was just energized. He said, man, this is like the first day in a long time that I'm excited to go like teach high school kids. That's a big task, let me tell you, you know. But you never know what's going to happen when you show up. So make a habit of showing up. Some of you feel that on mission, your job is to sow your resources, and it is. But sometimes mission is about sowing yourself. And hear me on this, church. When sowing becomes a habit, harvest will become a habit. And so make habits, mission habits. And one of the easiest ways you can do that is just be a regular just show up. So let's pack our bags with habits. Number two, you ready? You still with me? Pack your bags with vision. Pack your bags. Oh, there. Okay. With vision. We're going to pack our bags with some vision. Hey, you need kingdom habits in order to sustain our mission, but you also need a kingdom vision. Uh, vision, as many of you know, is important because vision has the power to change you. But a kingdom vision is uber important because it has the power to change everything. And so if you're going to be sustained on mission, you've got to be able to see what Jesus sees. Even Jesus uh, told his disciples this. We find it in John chapter 4, verse 35. Jesus is with them, and he, and he just tells them this statement. And I'm going to explain this to you, but I want to read it to you first. He says this, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. Open your eyes. The fields are already white for harvest. Jesus says, hey, I want you to be able to see what I am seeing. Now, here's a question for you. What does it mean 
to see the harvest. What does it mean to actually see? A scene actually, there, there's two qualities to seeing. There, there's there's what, what we call perspective and there's also perception. There's perspective and there's perception. Perspective is angle. If I want a better look at you, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna change my angle so I can, so I can see you from a better place. Perception is depth. It's proximity. Perspective is attitude. It's what, when I see something, it's what I think about it. Perception is attention. And these two things go together. When, what, what I see or what I think about something is going to cause me to give my attention to it. That's what seeing is. And what Jesus is actually saying in this passage, and I want to describe this for you because I think it's a beautiful thing that what Jesus is doing, is what he's saying is, is that there's tension in your life as disciples sometimes. He's making the statement to say, hey, I see one thing, you see another, but if you're going to be on mission with me, you've got to be able to see what I see. There's a tension point here. And so Jesus says, hey, wake up, open your eyes. And what he's really saying is, I want you to change your perspective. I want you to change your perception. Now, I just want to explain this scene for you for a moment, because it's, it's got sort of like, it may sound kind of like cryptic language for us. You know, Jesus is, Jesus is saying this phrase, four months between planting and harvest. What is, what is he even talking about? In this scene, Jesus is with his disciples and he's standing before a cornfield. All right. And so when corn is ready to harvest, it turns white. But in this scene, Jesus is actually with his disciples in a cornfield that is not white. Are you with me? And then he says to them, open your eyes. The fields are white for the harvest. You may see nothing, but I'm telling you in kingdom harvest, there's something there. Are you with me? And so what happens is, is that sometimes you and I feel, wait a second, God, I, I don't think, I, you know, that person, I know that person, they're not ready for harvest. You see their life? You know the circumstances they're in? They haven't even come to church once. I mean, man, down and out people, they're not ready for harvest. And what Jesus is actually saying is that's faulty vision. Church, listen to me. Kingdom vision is not, it's not, you don't have kingdom vision based upon outward appearance. Kingdom vision and kingdom harvest happens when Jesus says it happens. When Jesus says it's harvest time, it is harvest time. And so you can't go by your vision. We've got to be able to perceive that what Jesus is saying and then attend to the things that Jesus is attending to. And sometimes we look at circumstances and we look at situations and say, God, I don't see the harvest there. But Jesus may be saying, no, 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 that's harvest. Go for it. I love, that's why I love James's testimony. Don't you love that? That someone would look at him and say, oh, I don't know. He's not perfect. He's not a good guy. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. He's harvest material. You know why? Because I say it is. And so that's what it means to have kingdom vision, to be able to have perception and perspective. And what Jesus is saying, hey, you've got to change your perspective. You've got to be able to see the harvest the way I see the harvest. And what does this mean for us today? This is what I think it means. I think it means that we, that we have to change how we view everybody. I really do. I think it means that when we come across people, like we don't see a problem, we see potential. 
I think it means when we come across people who are down and out, we don't see tragedy. We see a story that's not, it's not finished yet. Call me crazy church. And maybe you disagree with me. You can push back if you want, but I think Christians ought to be the most optimistic people in the entire world. And I don't mean just about my life. I mean about the people around us. I read this quote recently. It just struck me this past week. And I think it's so true. And this is what the quote says. It says, God, the grace of God did not just save me from my sin. It actually saved me from my pessimism. Isn't that good? And so you got to be able to have kingdom vision. It means that every conversation, every coffee, every person, every interaction, every invitation, every act of grace matters. I tell my launch team this all the time. One matters. One person matters. We had our fourth interest night like a couple weekends ago. And we've done four of them and four of them is a lot to do. Um, And so we get to that fourth one and I'm just kind of thinking, I don't know how many more people are going to show up to these things, right? And the team's getting together. And I remember sitting there and saying, the Lord kind of checked me in this. And I told our team, I said, you know what? If one person shows up, this is worth it. You understand that? Because that one person, their influence, you don't know the next Billy Graham could walk through. One matters. Change, Jesus says, your perspective and your perception. If you want to be sustained on mission, you got to have a kingdom vision because if you don't, it's not going to be long and you're going to be packing up and going home. So pack your bags with vision, pack your bags with habits. But the final thing is this, pack your bags with joy. Pack your bags with joy. Listen, I can tell you right now, you can have vision, you can create a bunch of habits, but if you don't have joy, it's not going to sustain you on the mission. If there is a lack of joy, there is a lack of mission. I mean, I could get up here, I could rattle off a whole bunch of statistics for you of the need that is in our region and in our area and why it's important that we step to the plate and do what we do. I could tell you those things. I could try to convince you right now why you need to see the world differently than how you see it right now. But if you don't have joy, it will not sustain you on the mission. And this is what I believe, church. The church will be, to the degree that the church is on mission, will be to the degree that it is living and experiencing the joy of the Lord. Why? Because what, when you enjoy something, you talk about it. And you don't stop talking about it. When you enjoy something, you, you do it. When you enjoy something, you, you put your resources toward, towards it. You spend time doing it. You invest in joy. And when joy is lacking, mission will be lacking. But joy is so important because joy also propels you on mission. It keeps you going. Joy is the fire of mission. It's the eternal flame that burns within us. That's, that's what's going to sustain you as you go on mission. I want to read to you Isaiah 55, uh, verses 10 through 12. And I just love this passage because I really think it captures this whole series. Um, but this is what Isaiah says. He says, as the rain and the snow... 
As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for, for the water. What he's saying is mission, what God is doing, harvesting and reaping and sowing, all of that is, is a heavenly thing. So mission is, is, is what God is doing. And then he goes on in verse 11, he says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That was last week's message. How many of you really appreciated what Pastor Brent did when he said, have you heard lately? He talked about the gospel. That's the message that, 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 that Isaiah is talking about. It's not going to return void. The gospel message is what causes and brings people to Jesus Christ. But here's what I'm talking about in verse 12. It says this, and, and, and help me with this, church. You will go out in joy. Joy, joy motivates the mission. But there's something else I know to be true. Mission will motivate your joy. Joy motivates the mission, but mission has a way of motivating your joy. Some of you may be here today and you're in this season and you're praying through your card right now and you, you don't have a lot of joy. My answer to you is go on mission. Mission has a way of just bringing out a new level of joy in your life. I was talking to one of my team members this past week. And I was just kind of, you know, I, I, I kind of keep up with all my team members and I say, hey, you know, how are you doing? Like, where are you at? Where's your soul at? And she said to me, she said, Seth, like ever since we started this thing, it's crazy. There's so much stuff going on, but man, I feel alive. It's been a long time since I felt alive. There's something sparked in me. And mission has a way of raising the level of joy in your life. Because you start to see God move in ways that you'd never see if you didn't go on mission. And some of you, some of you, I know, I know, I know you as a church, and I know that you take things very seriously, but you've been you've had this card, and maybe it's on your, maybe it's on your seat right now, maybe it's on your fridge, or maybe it's in your Bible, and every maybe every day or every week or whatever the Lord's caused you to do, you've been taking this out and you've been praying and you've saying, God, like, where do you want to move me? Where do you want to position me? And some of you have already committed, but the reason you have committed is, is more out of duty than maybe joy. Maybe, maybe you're filling this out and you're like, maybe, maybe it's because you feel like, oh man, I, I, I'm responsible for this. I feel a level of responsibility. And, and let me say something. Duty's not a bad thing. It's good to have that sense of responsibility. But, but hear me on this church. Duty may get you started on mission. Joy is going to keep you going on mission. I remember the day that I filled out my card. It, it's not today. It's not next week. It's the day I moved from St. John to Halifax. Um, still remember the morning very fondly. I think there's a picture on the screen. I, I wanted to show you my bags packed. That's my, that's my moving truck. U-Haul, I went straight outside here. It was 4.30 in the morning when I took that picture. And uh, I stayed right up in the manor that night. And I got up at 4.30 and I walked down through here, through the churchyard. It was downpour, rain, and uh, all by myself. And I remember I was coming into the carport and I sat there and I looked into the, in the doorway. And I thought to myself, wow, like this is really happening. 
And then I thought about, I thought about you. And I thought about the investment that you've made. And I thought about all the work that we're doing right now. We're getting ourselves together and getting ourselves ready and all this stuff that we're doing right now. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is a huge responsibility. And I was so excited. I was so pumped. I'm like, I get to do this. I get to represent King's Church. I get to go to Halifax. I get to be the first pastor to do this in this, in this mission, this movement that we're on. This is crazy. I've got my, my bags packed. I've got everything I'm ready to go and I'm ready to go. And in that moment that when I left, I, I was going out of a sense of duty. I felt the level of responsibility as I was leaving. And then I started driving. And I realized, man, I got to Moncton and I kept driving. I thought, man, this is, I'm actually going further away. This is quite a distance. And right around where I got to the border of New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, some of you know what that's like, where you have the New Brunswick flags and the Nova Scotia flags. And I was crossing that line and it hit me all of a sudden, this tiny, tiny little thought crept into the back of my mind. And it was this, what if this doesn't work? You know, I, I'm giving my life to this right now. What if it doesn't work? Maybe some of you feel that way right now. You've been having your card and God's been speaking to you and you're saying, what if this doesn't work? I'm gonna invite some friends to come October 15th and be part of what we're doing at King's Church, but what if they don't come? What if it doesn't work? I wanna to talk to my estranged kids again, my kids who grew up with me going to church, but now that they're older, they've been away from the church and, and I really feel compelled to go talk to them. But what if, what if I go and talk to them and, and, and it creates tension again in our lives and distance and all that, what if it doesn't work? Some of you may be going out and sharing the gospel and you, you have a heart for your best friend and, it, and it's like, I wanna share it, but what if it doesn't work? all the scenarios, all the, all the variables, all the circumstances, everything that is going on in your life on top of it. Church, I got a two and a half year old little girl and I got another one on the way. And you have those days, you have those moments when you're like, God, is this, is this gonna work? I remember my first day in Halifax, my first day, I went to get my car registered and found out I needed $1,300 work on my car. That's not a good way to begin. <laughs> I've had people ignore me. I've had people not show up. I've had people question me. We've had plans change. You feel tired, it's a grind. But one of the things I know to be true is Jesus never promised mission was easy. Risk isn't easy, church. Sacrifice isn't easy. The world isn't even easy. Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, he says, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. And some of you are wanting on those days when it doesn't seem like working, I, I, let me tell you something, duty isn't gonna last long. It's not gonna last that long, but joy will sustain you. I've been really encouraged by this uh, lately as I've been you know, just thinking about this series and thinking about my life. Listen, church, we don't go on a mission for a result. We go on a mission as a result. We're not on a mission for results. We're on a mission as a result. 
And the result is that two, like three women two, over 2,000 years ago on a Sunday morning, just like this, it was beautiful, it was crisp, it was cold, they went to a tomb. And you know what? They went there out of duty. They had a responsibility to go care for the, their, their loving Savior who was dead. But the scripture tells us that when they got there, they realized the tomb was rolled away and he had risen and he was alive. And the scripture says they ran away from the tomb. They were afraid, but filled with joy. That's the first missions trip right there. Listen, success is not your joy. What goes on in your head is not your joy. You can have joy because joy is not a feeling, it's a person. Joy is Jesus, church. Listen, your duty has a lid to it. Oh, but hear me, there is an abundance of joy. There is an abundance of joy. And if you're gonna be sustained on mission, if we're gonna be sustained together, if we're gonna move together, hear me on this church, it'll be because we are a joyful people. That no matter what happens, no matter, no matter the, the circumstances, no matter uh, the, the uncertainties, we can be joyful people. Do you know that's the mark of the early church? The early movement was that the people in the church were sustained by joy. Caesar tried to, to kill them all. They were joyful. They went into prison. They were joyful. They were, they, were, they were chased down by riots and chased down by people. They were joyful. People died. They were joyful. We can be a joyful people because we are Jesus people. If you want to be sustained on mission, you got to have joy because those days are coming. You're going to realize, wow, this is hard. And you can be in the grind and you can know that there's a lot of uncertainties. You can be exhausted. You can be tired. But I rest and know that the, the tomb is empty and our king is alive. There's an empty tomb behind us, church, and there's a victorious throne in front of us. So we can be joyful. We can be joyful. And I see, I see the movement. I see it in the future. But I see it happening because there's a joyful people in the Maritimes that Jesus has just touched, that Jesus has just poured his life into, that the spirit is just moving through. And, and there'll be people who will be against it. There'll be people who try to fight it and it, it won't matter. People can fight you all day, but we, we can be joyful people because Jesus is alive. And we've been singing about it. Some of you today, I, I wanna ask you this question. Where's your joy? Maybe a better question is who is your joy? You see, we, we pack our bags with joy today. But the problem is some of us carry with us things in our backpack or in our bag that we need to unpack first. Maybe it's a level of fear. Maybe it's a level of uncertainty or insecurity or unforgiveness. Maybe there's some things in your bag that you need to let go of in order for you to, to fill with other things. Maybe, maybe there's some things that you need to, to take out. Maybe your bag is way too heavy right now. And Jesus is saying, let me fill your bag with me. Let me fill your bag with joy. Oh man, we can go for years on joy. 
Can I pray for us today? I'm going to invite you to stand. I just want to pray. I just feel this, a sense as I was preparing this that I, I just wanted to pray that God would renew and refresh our joy, just to fill us with his joy today, just an aroma of joy, an anointing of joy over our community and over and over our network of people. Uh, let's pray together. Jesus, we just thank you so much that it's you that sustains us on mission, Lord. It's not our success. It's not, it's not the plans that we, we put together. And though there are good plans and we've made preparations, I feel like we've prepared very well, but things can always change. But Lord, in the midst of all that, we say that there's joy. We see that those things don't sustain us. We say that joy will sustain us. And I just pray, Lord, I just really sense today that there are some people here who, who for whatever reason, maybe it's a circumstance or a situation where they just, there hasn't been a level of joy in their hearts and in their lives. Maybe it's a long standing, it's, a, it's years of not living in joy. And I just pray, Lord, would you just pour out upon us the oil of joy upon our heads, upon our hearts, upon our feet, God. Would you fill and top us over with joy? Maybe just, maybe we'd be so, such a joyful people because of what Jesus has done, what Jesus has accomplished, knowing that Jesus is alive today, that, that the mission isn't banked upon how good I am, but on, mission is on the goodness of God, not upon my goodness. And so I just pray that, Lord, there would be a level of joy that would rise in our hearts, that and we would be the people, that when we are in our business place, like there would be an incense, an aroma of joy. In our neighborhoods, there would be an incense, there would be an aroma of joy because the oil, oil of joy is just being poured out upon us and it, and it just overflows. Lord, I wanna be that person that I go into a down and out place, but I'm, even if I'm the only joyful person, other people's joy will rise because I'm, we're there. So Lord, we just ask, would you just pour your spirit upon us today? Pour, pour your joy upon us today, Lord. May we just, sometimes joy, we, we, need to, we need to sing to be joyful. We need to shout to be joyful. So Lord, would you just pour it on us today, I pray. We thank you that we get to do this. We get to be part of this, Lord. We trust that how you're leading us and how you're moving us on purpose, God, may we have the faith to step forward. May we walk in it, I pray. May we walk in joy. In Jesus' name, amen.